0: While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message.
1: Amen. Amen. Our core scripture today is going to be John, the first chapter, 14, 15 through 16. And it says, and the word became flesh the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth john bore witness of him and cried out saying this was he of whom i said he who comes after me is preferred before me for he was before me and of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace the word became flesh we know that's Jesus and he dwelt among us and beheld his glory and glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. John, we know we've read about, bore witness of him cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was already before me. And of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. So why grace? Why grace? I promise you, it's one of those things we talk about with prayer, one of those principles and mercy and and favor and love. When we can understand the fullness of God's grace, it changes everything in your life. It's a game changer. That's why we need to understand grace. It changes everything. God wants us to experience the beauty of being drawn to him by a cord far more stronger than any obligation of guilt and law. He wants to draw you to him. If we were still bound to God by a list of rules and regulations, we just find ourselves chomping at the bit, struggling again, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, all these restraints. But there's a huge difference between being bound in relationship with God, the joy of his love, than being tied to obligations and guilt. Once we discover the wonder of God's grace, we no longer need to be locked to law. We can approach life, people of God, freely because we love God and we don't want to do anything that's going to disappoint Him or harm Him because we have a loving relationship with Him. When we know the joy, the joy that we sing about and we lift our hands, a joy of fellowship with God, we want any barriers. We don't want any barriers. Any blocks to come between us. So we understand, God wants us to understand fully what His grace is. Grace, what is it? It's unsearchable. It's past finding out. And it, it is so amazing to me. So amazing to me. There was an acronym when I was studying, it was called, it said God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. God's His riches at Christ's expense. And we can fight to get a clear understanding of what God's grace is. When we do that, like we're learning today, then we will experience a closer relationship with God. And we can have consistent victory over sin. Amen? Amen. The classic definition that we usually hear for grace is, it's just an emerited favor. Grace means that God showered favor and blessings on those who did not in any way deserve it. We not deserve it. We don't deserve it. We deserve the judgment and the wrath of God. We know that we haven't done everything the way that we're supposed to. But God has showed us favor. God has showed us love. God has showered us down with so many blessings and things that we can never repay them for. But then we look at grace. It's one of those things that sometimes can get polluted because we know that then we have our spiritual system and we know that we know how the world works as well. And so sometimes it can be kind of a little hard to grasp because the world system works with merit. If you do well in school, you get good grades. If you do well in sports, you know your team will get a trophy, you get applause, you get all these things. And even in even in business, you know, you, you can climb up the corporate ladder. If you meet these statistics, exceptional performance, you get certain performances, certain promotions, certain raises. If you don't do a good job, then you get fired. But in the spiritual realm, we are the only religion that doesn't work on a merit system. We don't work on a merit system about you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to cross this T. The works, Jesus did everything when he went on the cross. He made it possible for us. We don't have to believe that there's a purgatory, this little middle ground where we got to work things out. And then we can finally go to heaven or finally our judgment is cast. We don't have to worry about all of that like other religions do. We're not on a merit system of salvation. We can even ask anybody usually. And that's one of the biggest things that we are trying to, I guess, fight against with the world. If you ask anybody on the street these days and you say, you know, how do you get to heaven? They're going to say, I got to be a good person. I got to do all this right. I'm not good enough and did everything right I gotta get myself together before I come to church you heard that right gotta get everything in line but that's not what Jesus that's part of the legalistic times we don't have to get everything right we're never gonna get everything right let me cancel that lie you're never gonna get everything right so for those and the people that you're talking to let them know you're not gonna get everything right you're not gonna cross every T so it gets God's grace will get distorted but the grace of God, and then we talk about, but then we don't want to go on the other side where we just kind of regard all the, the rules or we just kind of have a lack of moral, moral restraint because many Christians can profess that, God, if I'm not going to be on this side as far as being legalistic, then that means God grace, give me a free pass to do whatever I want to do because guess what? It's no consequences. You know, I can do whatever I want to do. We have to still emphasize the need to obey God's commandments. He said, if you love me, then you keep my commandments. To love of the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's my first commandment. And then sometimes they'll say when you're trying to walk the straight and narrow, that gosh, you're just too tough. That you're trying to be oh holy and thou. That you're trying to do too much is what they'll say. So grace is not our permission for just sloppy living, living anywhere we want to live and then saying God knows my heart. That's not what it's for. There is a standard. There is a way that which is right in the name of Jesus. Some has got distorted along the way. But as even as Brother Johnson was saying, Minister Gore was saying earlier, God is calling us back to some basic principles and the way we live this thing and walk our Christian walk out. Because people are watching us. Hallelujah. And more so importantly, they're looking at Jesus inside of us. And we dare not bring a reproach on his name. Hallelujah, Jesus. So he's given us tools and things that we need to do. Because in all that getting, we've got to get understanding about what it is. This won't be the last time you hear about grace. I'm not even saying that I know everything about grace. I'm just sharing a little bit of what God has shown me. In my little journey with God, hallelujah. My little walk with God. I'm getting a little older now. So some things are becoming more real, hallelujah. Coming more illuminated in my life. Where I can speak on some things and say, God, I would be lost if not for your grace. So we want to look today at the lenses of grace as grace being given, grace being received, and then grace applied. Can we do that? We're going to look at grace given, grace received, and grace applied. Grace given, given in Titus, the second chapter 11 through 14. says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to them all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteous, righteously, and godly in the present age looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of God, great God, and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify himself, his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, and let no one despise you. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Paul was writing this to his buddy, Timothy, one of his disciples and friends, they were getting ready to go on another journey and they were establishing a church in Crete. and Crete was having some issues and things that was going on. So Paul was telling his friend to remind us of, of these things, that grace brings salvation to all people. Paul writes that for the grace of God has appeared full of grace and truth It is not that God's grace is, it was not even that it was missing people of God. A lot of times we do say with the law, it wasn't missing from the Old Testament no one was saved in the old testament apart from god's grace but as john stated for the law was given through moses but grace and truth were realized through jesus christ amen grace and truth were realized through jesus christ god rightly could have not sent his son condemn and judge us but instead for god he sent his son into the world to not judge the world but that through the world May be saved maybe saved shown sure enough saved that I can live and walk for Jesus hallelujah I don't just pick them up one day and then put them down another I'm saved in my sanctified soul to the very core of me I'm saved every time Pastor Tony gives an altar call I get saved all over again get saved all over again I love the prayer of salvation I don't care what I've done I've been saved I don't know how long now but I realize that I have need of Jesus
2: I have need of a savior I have need of his protection without him I'd be lost God not got it all together so every time I say Lord he says devil get out of me I said devil get out of me he said God come into my heart I said God come into my heart not like you take it away I said God if you find anything that's not like you take it away God I want to be right I want to be whole when I lift up my hands before Jesus I wanted to say well
1: done that good and faithful servant in the name of Jesus the world would not be judged but it would be saved through him hallelujah because guess what, people of God, everybody's not gonna be saved. Everybody's not gonna be saved. There's some, those that would we go, we're gonna tell people about Jesus. And so when that scripture says that it's appeared to men, that means when you've said something, when you've offered them salvation or you share them Jesus, they've heard it. That person in front of you, but there are some people who are going to ignore. Even though it's appeared before them, there are some people that are going to ignore the call. They're going to ignore, as they say, that knock on your heart, that tugging on your spirit. Because you know, we all came from God. That's all the goal to get back to him. That's all the goal to get back to our father. To get in that right position, right standing, right fellowship, right relationship with him. My daddy, my God, my king tell you even if you're not saved today even if you said God I know I know that preacher one time was talking to me or not even the preacher of the church somebody at your job may have witnessed to you I know they was talking to me no sinner nobody is, is beyond reach of God's grace nobody you're not outside the reach of God's grace so again I cancel that line that excitement that says I'm not good enough I've done too much I've I can never get my life. I've just gone over and over. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Keep on pressing. He's going to be there with you. He's there for you. His grace is, going, is appearing to you. Paul was a persecutor of the church. We know about Paul. The chief sinner. But one day God revealed himself to him. One day it was his time. One day it was his time. It is eyes were lighted, and he experienced God's grace through the cross. So if one of the chief sinners found grace yes. so can you. Amen. If one of the chief sinners in the Bible we just don't talk about that stuff. It's real because it happens today. God's grace is here for you. Even when you're not looking at it. Isn't that an amazing thing? Anybody Jesus just found Anybody Jesus just found. That, that's a part of my testimony. And I always have to show. I wasn't looking for God. I didn't even think I, I don't, you know, I went to church. And that's the thing. I went to church. I was going to church. When I was young, my mama trained me up in the way that I should go. But I didn't have a relationship with him. And when I got in college, he was like, oh, I just felt that tugging at my heart. And I said, Lord, it was here, y'all. I, you, you guys see me now. But I was just a little lamb when I first came to this church. Didn't know about the spirit of God, the power of God, but I knew it was something about it. Oh, it was like that, that chord that I was talking about. He was just drawing me. He was just drawing me. His love. Oh, it was just drawing me Saint Tiffany, I got, I got some things I want to show you. Trust me. Trust me. Lean not to your own understanding. Trust me. And so he's apprehended my heart and I love him. Ephesians 2 and 8 it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. I just talked about that. That's what this scripture is all about. It's not of yourselves. There's no thing that you can do. You can't wash enough. You can't do enough good. You can't give enough Thanksgiving baskets out. You can't buy enough stuff for people. Hallelujah. It's not of ourselves, but it's the gift of God that He's given to us. That my prayer is that somebody in this house will receive the gift that God has given him, not of works, not of works, not of works, lest any man should boast. Then we think we done did it ourselves, we think we done got ourselves together, and it's not that of all. For grace, you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Thank you for it, God, that I can't boast in what you've done in my heart. I can't boast, God, in what you've done and what you revealed unto me. It's by you and your power and your strength that we are where we are today. And we give you praise and glory for it. Thank you, God, for giving us your grace. Thank you for the gift of salvation on today. Thank you for making ways for us, Jesus, to get back to you, to be So then when God God has given us this grace we realize and with salvation we realize God what we've received and then we're able to all the more this is when the relationship begins to build with God because now at church you'll start hearing the things I believe do you have faith do you believe do you trust you've read all these things but now do you know for yourself do you know the words are in the scripture are you trying to understand are you are you trying to work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord because I've received it now it's getting in my spirit now it's becoming a part of my day-to-day task we say it all the time once you get saved that's the awesome work but then we work out our soul salvation because life is gonna happen And we've seen those things. Romans 5 and 2 says, Through whom also we have access by faith unto this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Our hope, I rejoice in my reward and the glory of God. Titus 3 and 7 says that having been justified by his grace, we now become heirs and joint heirs. And we know that when we're heirs and joint heirs, the rights and privileges and what we have with God
2: what we have, what we don't have. What I have to allow, what I don't have to allow. What I tolerate, what I don't have to tolerate. I'm his child, I'm his heir,
1: I'm walking with him. He's gone before me and there shall be no lack, hallelujah. He will withhold no good thing from me. I'm saying that, I'm believing that, I'm speaking that, I'm reading that, it becomes a part of me. Hallelujah, that when things start coming up my soul is anchored my soul becomes anchored in the Lord I'm not swayed to and fro about what's going on But Jesus keeps me and strengthens me and the spirit of God stands up in me when I need it to stand up in me it's grace I've received it giving it to me. I believe it. 1 Peter 5 and 10, but may the God of all grace who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you suffered a while, after you suffered a while, after you suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthen, and settle you. Some of you need to get settled settled in your spirit get settled calm yourself down what you see ain't really real you got to keep your eyes focused on what's real and what's not you got to settle remind yourself of who you are, what he's already promised, what he's already done what he said he's going to do and it's going to be well with your spirit, either way guys we, we win Either way, it's going to work for your good. Everything is working together for your good. But after you suffered it, so he's saying you're going to suffer. There's some things are going to come. We cannot escape it. And I walk with Christ. But he's going to perfect, establish, strengthen. And then you're going to be able to chill and settle and know, my God's got this. The greater one is in me. And he's working things out on my behalf. Amen. 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 So thank you, God, for your grace that you've given. Thank you now that I received it. All things have become new. All things have become new, God.
2: My mindset. The way I, my eyes, the way I see things. I can see it clearly now, Jesus. The scales
1: have been taken off my eyes. Looks a little brighter now, God. Because again, that cord is drawing me. That relationship is building. I know I'm his child. I know that he's chosen me. And I know that he loves me. Amen. So now that I've gotten that thing, now I can apply the grace in my life. And not only I can apply to my life, and I can share it with others. Second Corinthians 12 and 9 says, He said to me, We say this one all the time: my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. When you believe it, he said, It's, it's sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. That favor, that peace, that joy, my covering, that new eyes, the new thinking in your mind, the grace that I've given you, the empowerment that I've given you, it's enough. It's enough. You're going to be weak, but my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Anybody been weak? Anybody been weak? know i've been weak i know i've been weak but it's those times where god's strength i've called on Him. now i I hadn't said oh woe is me and lord what am i gonna do and but that's when i say because i believe god i need your help god i need your strength because i'm weak i I carried this god and now i gotta carry another thing and then this happened and and then this happened again but i say god May the power of Christ rest upon me. My prayer right now is that the power of Christ will rest upon the people of God in this place who've been carrying it and trying to do it on their own and do it in their own strength, even though they've been weak. I shall say, may God's Christ rest upon your shoulders. You that are weary, you that are broken, May the power of God rest upon you and give you peace right now in Jesus' name. Rest upon your people, God. Rest upon your people, God. For Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have an high priest. We do not have a high priest. We do not have a Jesus. We do not have a Abba, An Abba Father, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He knows you're weak. He's not putting you to these tests just to see what, what they're going to do. He wants you to win. He doesn't want you to fail. He's not putting these things in your life to set you up. He sympathizes. He understands. He sympathizes. He knows what you're going through. He cares about you. He tells us to cast our cares upon him. Oh, I thank you for sympathizing with me, God. I thank you for understanding. But also in points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So then we come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Boldly I come when I've got that report of sickness. Boldly I come When I'm on my job, hallelujah, at work and things are just people talking about you or whatever they're doing, a supervisor is doing unjustly. I come boldly before the throne of grace in my time of need. I come boldly, even at church. Even at church, I come boldly before the throne of grace to ask God, what direction should I go? What should I say, God? How do I handle your people? Everybody's different. What do you do for this one? What do you do for that one, God? We do come boldly before the throne of grace. This one may need more love. This one may need more correction. This one may need this. We come boldly in our times of need. We come boldly before the throne of grace with our family. With our mamas and our daddies and our sisters and our brothers. We come boldly before the throne of grace. Come boldly and asking God to forgive us of our sins, or forgive us of our wrongdoings, or forgive us with what sins of omissions, things that we did not do. We come boldly because we realize again, there is no perfect Christian, there is no perfect person self-righteous and think like I got it all going on and, and look at you what you got going on cause I, I'm far beyond that I need Jesus we all have need of a savior we all have need of his forgiveness we all have need of his grace we all have need of his grace so when I get come boldly and asking him forgive me then I can forgive others I, I, I wish we never fail, people of God. I, I wish we never did. I wish all of us all the time did what we what was pleasing to the Lord. And we fasted and prayed and got before him all the time, every day. And we, we said all these things. Hallelujah. But it's not, it's not going to work out that way. It's just not going to work out that way. Because sometimes there are mistakes that are going to be made. Grace, God is going to help us through the things that we need to work out. And then we're able to look at our sister and brother and remember when. Oh, I was there. Girl, I was tripping too. And it had not been for God. I'd still be right where you we were. There was a sermon in some of you from church. Pastor Fred, I, I, that was another just light bulb. Pastor Fred, years ago, and he said within each of us, there is a beast of our soul. There's an enemy of our soul. And and we are not prayers away, but there is nothing for us just to go back. It would be my prayer, God. And that's why I continue to pray. That's why I continue to get saved all over again. But I'm not ignorant of Satan's devices to think that he ain't trying to put all kind of little gaps and distractions and things to take me down or to take me back. So when I realize that about myself, I can look at you and say, guess what? I've been there. I, I've been there. This Now, this is what you need to do. This is how you stay strong. But I know apart from God's grace, I would be nothing too. It's, it's God that's working in me. It's God that's strengthening me. It's, it's still his love for me that's apprehending me. And so when I realized that, I said, good gracious. It sure is. In and in my soul, let you not come to church for a, about a month or so. Let you not spend time in your word. Let you not have even a good praise and worship song on your lips and on your heart. See what some stuff start coming on up about you. See what start happening. There's no good thing in this flesh. It's flesh. That's how we continue to wash our hearts and God purify my heart daily and God cleanse me. God draw me closer to you than never before. God. me die daily. Let me die daily, God. Oh, God, I thank you for your grace is pulling us. And also, I, my husband will tell you, I love and I, and I believe that's a part of God's grace. I look at shades of gray. I'm, most of the time, sometimes I can't be, but I'm not black and white. I look at shades of gray. And what do I mean by that? I like to see what's going on behind what I see, what you really see. Somebody may present something in front of you, but I, I want to see what's, what's going on, really, behind that heart. What's going on behind that cussing and all this stuff that you want to present, this hard exterior? What's really going on? That's what Jesus does to What's really going on inside of your mind and your heart? And I say that because we've got to do that for others. When we're witnessing their people and talking to them about the love of God, do you think that person wants to be on drugs? Do you think that woman still wants to keep sleeping? They're looking, sleeping around, going from this guy to this relationship, to this person, to that person. Do you, do you really think that's where they want to be? Do you think that person really wants to keep taking drugs for anxiety or depression or whatever they need to do? They want more of Jesus. They want answers. They want to be whole. They want something, y'all. And we're coming in here Sundays. And they want what we are getting. The spirit of God that comes. When we lift our hands. And the spirit of God comes. When we're singing do it again. And the spirit of God comes. When we're singing all these songs. God comes to empower us. So that we know hallelujah. And have that assurance. And then we're able to give it to others. The grace applied in our lives. and others lives. God is looking through the eyes. My prayer is, God, that I look through your eyes. That I look through your eyes. That I see what you see and not what man sees. Because that's what God did for me. That's what God did with me. When I thought, God, you can't use me. And when I thought, God, that I had messed up. And God, I thought, surely you can't use anything that I, I, I can give to you. He looked beyond my fault. he looked beyond my fault and he saw saw my knee. And I want to speak again because, again, I have to use my husband as a reflection. And a lot of times people, he even said to me, he said, you know, you can sure, I I can be transparent and tell tell myself, he said, you can sure see grace for other people. But where is the same grace that you give me? You can, you can see it for other people. But where is the grace that you extend to me? So I want to be for you to be cautious in your relationships, where your marriages or your family members. Are. A lot of times in church, you know, we can go and we're going to the highways and hedges and going all out. But don't do your first work at home or in your first circle of people. Don't go out and try to be seeing everything and everybody else and You can't see the the things that the people need that are right close and near to you. If you can give the world grace, give your husband the grace. Give your wife the grace. Give, Give your children the grace. Give your daddy the grace. Give your mama the grace. Grandma and auntie and all of them, give them the grace. Once it's been given to you, God is challenging you to be able to give it to somebody else, to look through God's God's eyes. When I was studying, I was laughing because I I felt my old pastor, Reverend Cook, he said, you know, the old Baptist preachers? they say, come on, prodigal son, help me out a little while. They always say, help me out a little while. They're calling all these people. But I thought about that, the prodigal son. We know the parable is the story about God's grace. The young man he demanded his inheritance from his father right away so he could spend it on simple practices but when his money ran out his friends ran out too he was out there just living near poverty not eating as good but he returned he repented he asked his father for forgiveness there he found his father that grace waiting watching, ran out to greet his son who once was lost but now he was found that daddy was happy to receive him back. Some of you may feel like prodigal son or prodigal daughter or prodigal mama, but God's grace will apprehend you to come on back. Even that adulterous woman, even that adulterous woman, the religious leaders brought her, a woman said, you are in adultery, brought her to Jesus. And they demanded that she be stoned. And it, Jesus like, doesn't it take two to commit adultery? That shows a double standard. But Jesus said, you know, he who is with sin, cast the first stone. Neither do I condemn you. Go. He just told her, go for now and sin no more. Jesus never condoned or approved of the sin, but he did forgive her. Told her to go on. Sin no more. That's what Jesus does for us. It's amazing. Is amazing grace. Grace transforms us. So that we can walk on green pastures. It changes us so that we can have loving. And just really be zealous and enthusiastic about serving God. It exchanges our tears that we have. And the guilt of our failures. For the eternal thrill and just the laughter. And free living. Of the pleasures of God at his right hand. Why grace? Grace changes everything in our life. Through grace we can receive salvation. Through grace we know who we are in God. And we can stand it on the word of God. And through grace we can then apply it. Knowing that we have a high priest. That we can come boldly through the groan of grace when we need it. And then we can obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. Grace changes everything, people of God. It is God's uncommon grace, His uncommon favor, His uncommon love for us that He has given us freely. Remember I read it earlier, it's a gift. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to be good enough. You just have to receive it. Amen. Amen. Can you stand to your feet and join a neighbor's hand for me. Thank you for your grace, God. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your word. Thank you for it, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for the spirit of God that's in this place right now. And we honor you, God. We thank you for empowering us to do, God, your work in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for resting upon some of our shoulders. We thank you for settling some of our
2: spirits, God. And knowing that you are with us and that you are for us and that you're not against us, God. We thank you, God.
1: Right now, God, in the name of Jesus, we come boldly before your throne because some of you, ah, Some of us, God, have need of a Savior right now.
2: We have need of more of your grace right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for lifting burdens in the name of Jesus. We thank you for destroying yokes in the name of Jesus. We thank you for doing the hard thing, God, of changing and washing somebody's heart today. Thank you for the love of God that's following them. Thank you for the love of God that's drawing them, Jesus. That's apprehending them, God oh yes oh God they feel all alone Jesus feels like nobody's there nobody
1: cares nobody sees them but you know where they are right where they are oh God so I thank you for it Jesus I thank
2: you for your power I thank you hallelujah for your Holy Spirit Holy Spirit come Sit down in this place, sit down in the hearts and the minds of your people, rest in the assurance, people of God. That God is with you, His grace, hallelujah, will strengthen you in your time of weakness, His grace will rise up in your marriage when you need it. Your grace will help you raise your children to train them up in the way that they should go. Your grace, oh God, will give them peace, God. Your grace, oh God, will allow them to forgive, God. They've been holding on to the hurt. They've been holding on, God. Your grace, your grace, God, will come. they're mine God your grace will cover
1: thank you there's no hard thing in you Jesus when you gave us Jesus you gave us everything we need everything we need thank you for your power God thank you for doing the work God that I can't do thank you you do the drawing as we lifted you up God You do the drawing to your people. You do the drawing to your people.
2: All over this building can you lift your hands and receive God in your own way. Can you open up your mouth and ask him to come into your heart. If you need more of his grace, if you need more of his love. Right now he is here to empower, he is here to strengthen. He is here to forgive. He is here to give you what you need in your time of need. He is here to reveal to you those hidden things oh grace we thank you for it oh grace we're walking in it oh grace we thank you for it oh grace we ask you for it some of you may just need to ask him for it I need more of it God I may be a little day ask him for drown me oh God drown me closer to you oh God let me know your voice so I will not be following no stranger let me know you are with me oh God hallelujah Holy Spirit come in this place Holy Spirit move in this place destroy every yoke of defeat destroy every yoke in this place God to you. You are worthy. You are worthy of God's appointment. You are worthy of God's forgiveness. Yeah! We release you. We release you. We release you, Holy Spirit.